This is an ABC podcast. Roots and Shoots with Jamie, Charlotte and Sabrina on ABC Radio Perth and WA. The band is back together. Who dang? It is so good to see you, Sabrina, huh? Are you too, Charlotte and Jamie? Isn't it fabulous when we're all back together? Yeah, makes my heart just absolutely swell leap, with joy. Leap and leap. Yeah. It's a marvellous thing. It's not the same without you, Charlotte. You I know? Seen, I haven't seen you in seven weeks, we calculated. Seven weeks. But Italy would have been divine. I mean, you know, it was all right if you're into that sort of thing. No, listen to it. <laughs> listen to it. It was amazing. Makes you sick, doesn't it, Jamie? Mm, just a little bit. I make myself oh. sick. To be <laughs> it was really, really good. A lot of fun. And how have you been? Because um, you've waltzed in here with an mm. extra bit of hardware and I'm concerned mm. about you. Well, I have, I've, I've given myself a little James Bond look, I think. I have a secret weapon. Um, and it's golden. It is okay. <laughs> Actually, I feel like something out of those um, that that uh, the hunter program, a series where the girl went hunting and you had to kill each other. And she is the Hunger Games. Yes, that's the very one. Yeah. Because I feel like I could, you know, stretch a bow and arrow like they did in, you know, with this thing on my arm. So it's on your so arm like a, from your hand down to your elbow, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I broke my arm. Um. Which is what you do when you muck around with your older brother in the garden. Oh, so was this, you, you kind of went to see him for his, was it his birthday? Yeah, surprise birthday. Surprise birthday. Surprise. I broke my arm. Yeah, and the okay. surprise was let me do your garden with you and then we'll muck about up the top level and I'll fall down six six steps and break my arm. That's not good. Well, no, I tell you what, though, it's interesting. When you, you lose your dominant hand, you go back to being a two-year-old. So yes. you have to eat like a two-year-old because you can't cut anything up. You're throwing it all over the floor as well. Yeah, so you just yep. pick up a whole steak or a whole chop and shove it in your mouth. Yeah. You pick up food with your fingers. That's living. Go to the toilet and go, Mom, I finished. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, dear. Yep, that all but simple little things like doing up buttons or mm. shoelaces or well, you can't do those things. Well, really. And how does it affect you in the garden, Sabrina? Well, I tried pruning single-handedly with the left hand, and it, I was a bit worried that <laughs> that I'd end up cutting something else. Do you know what's funny though? Before you left, you told me that you and your brother, when you get together, mm. bad things happen. Yeah. You get up to no good. We do. You get a little cheeky. Yeah. Get pretty naughty. It was really funny because my sister-in-law was just about to walk out the door and say, you know, you two, you don't have to do the entire garden in one day. Don't take on too much. (laughs) Just before she came out was when I hit the decks and I knew I broke my arm immediately because of the pain factor, number one, and two, I heard something go crack. That's not good. But the good thing was I got to see the AFL grand final from the emergency ward uh, at at the Campbelltown Hospital. So I had all the theatre going on around me, plus 
being able to watch the game on the screen. I'm surprised I didn't end up joining you there after the <laughs> celebrations for me that evening. It was a very good chance that's where I would have ended up. Oh, I'm glad that you're... Uh, anyway, it's just a Besides that thing on your arm, you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all good. You've I'm good. you got your gold member with got you. My go- got gold. my gold member. I mean, I like it. It's cool because this, what, whatever they call this, it's a plastic thing that they heat up in a... In a hot bath, yeah. and then they mould it to your body. Yeah. Modern day cast. It's so cool because you can shower in it. Yeah, uh, right. So this is what we use instead of plaster now. Yes, the old plaster cast. yes, mm. and they're much lighter, so you can go put your hands in the Just air. Be but careful. I can't they get a texter and go and sign some. Oh no, you can. Oh, can yeah, I? yeah, oh, you can definitely texter all over it. Okay, well I'll do that. Blood and bones. Yeah, exactly. we'll have the blood and bones written down here. I think that's essential. Yeah, I have a really development on that front <gasps> as well, yes. which uh, I might just hold off until next week. I think. But oh, a Charlotte, you're going to be blood excited. and bones development that. Mm. Came Came through to my inbox while you were away, Sharon. I had to had to save it. So next week I'll have that uh, in full force and full colour for you. There's a little hint. I'm intrigued. Mm. Maybe you two alone for a few weeks and see what, what happens. You get up to. If you have a gardening question for Sabrina this morning, that's what we're here for. Give us a call, one three hundred triple two seven twenty, or you can shoot through a text. Jamie is on text duties today. Zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Cynthia in Mandurah has done that already. Hello, Cynthia. Fun and Sabrina, I'm so sorry to hear you've broken your arm. Ah, well, Cynthia, I reckon if you don't break a limb at least once every ten years, you're not actually enjoying your life enough. This is <laughs> this is my this is my perspective on it. <laughs> Sounds a bit frustrating trying to do gardening. Ah, yeah, it's uh, single-handed shoveling is not fun. I'll have to get myself a left-handed shovel. Or or a le- or a shoveler like a oh yeah I have a shoveler, shoveler. yeah yeah that yeah sounds a better idea <laughs> anyway. a young man with a shovel <laughs> Cynthia we've what's got, going on down your way we've got two lovely gardens open side by side today Ooh. it's called our double delight oh. and uh, twenty and twenty two Gardner Street in East Perth so it's very close to the East Perth um, train station and these gardens are raising money I think it's called Theroptimus International oh yes yep. yeah. Um, as two Australiana sort of uh, water-wise gardens, the very steep steps and slopes on these gardens are not suitable for wheelchairs, but quite delightful little gardens. Um, lots of Australiana memorabilia in the first one. And the second one has a beautiful little waterfall and pond, uh, big ancient old trees. And uh, Caroline tells me when the wild ducks are nesting in the trees, it's quite delightful to see the little babies fluttering down to the branches oh, and ponds. Yeah. I didn't know that wild ducks nested in trees. Well, uh, apparently they do in this oh. one. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. So, well, they can fly like other birds, so why not? Mm. Cynthia, thank you very much. That's in East Perth today. Anyone can go along. What time? Uh, Ten till four, uh, Charlotte. Beautiful. On Saturday and Sunday. Yes, both days. Ripper. And they'll have um, refreshments available there and uh, I'm sure everybody will enjoy it, particularly if they like native gardens and water-wise gardens. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I like refreshments, well, we so I'll do be down like there too. <laughs> Thank you very much, Cynthia, for giving us the latest there. Let's go to John in Bunbury. Hi, John. Good morning. Good morning, Sabrina. Morning, John. Yeah, good on you, girl. With your arm. Ah, oh, yeah. It's, no, it doesn't stop me from dancing around the kitchen. 
Um, two things. Was there wine involved? And you'll have to now upgrade to a French uh, bidet. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, John? That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think I I'll order one. one. Yep. Yeah, right. I don't know why we don't have them here. I they totally do. agree. I love bidets. I think they're fabulous. Yeah, this Charlotte is, and this Jamie. Is a turn. Charlotte and Jamie are really keen on them too. No, like, well, I just got, they were everywhere in Italy. They would have been. To keep giving you my Italy water. Yeah, there. just drop that. Yeah, but, but no, I, I have no? never used and don't no. really plan to. Oh no, they're fabulous. Jeez, we're really learning things about each other this morning, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. You should go to the ones in Japan because they, can heat they, the have, they have temperature-driven water, they yep. have music, they have whatever airspeed you want for the dry-off. <laughs> it's, it's a marvellous thing, John. But anyway, let's um, yeah. let's get stuck into your garden, shall we? Yeah, airspeed. Please. Yeah, too much. Yeah, going um, roses. Yes. Um, Gardening Australia, they had a fantastic story on a, a um, some people growing roses very successfully in Brisbane or Queensland. Ah, uh, yes, people, yes. People often say you can't grow them in tropical areas, but they they actually had to slow them down in winter. They don't go dormant. Yeah, that's right. Um, but, uh, oh, by oh, geez, the blooms and fantastic. But the thing that came out of it uh, for me, and I thought I'd share it and just run it past you. Yep. The, the sprays that you spray roses every year, of course, for their black spot and... Powdery mildew, yep. Other things, yeah. They use potassium carbonate. Yes. Seaweed solution. Yep. And a spray oil all in one spray. Ah, and Yes. And the, it's all about lowering the pH of the leaf. Yeah, so and that, it makes it too alkaline for the um, for the fungus to actually get a foothold. And of course, the oil acts so the potassium bicarbonate makes the leaf tissue alkaline. The oil um, makes it as a sticker, and the seaweed solution has potassium in it, which helps thicken up the cell walls of the leaf that actually help prevent fungal feet from getting in in the first place. Good on you, John. Uh, just a couple of questions on the text, Sabrina. Yeah. Uh, the one I wanted has just gone. Oh, just Fantastic. Oh. Uh, let's go to this one from Marg, who's in Albany. He says, my daughter has six of these shrubs. I don't know what they are. There's uh, new growth that's covered in grey, white pests. What oh. do you think they are? What can we do to treat them? Well, I can tell you straight away that the pests are... Oh. Oh, I see. Mm, I was going to say the pests are uh, merely bug, but in actual fact they're not. So that's a good... Oh, my Lord. Um, so you have aphids and you've got all the generations. You've got the adults, the juveniles, the eggs, the whole shoot, the family. The family are all there. Oh, So this is on a... The shrub is called raphiolepsis, or people know it as hawthorn. Hawthorn bush, not tree. So all you need to do is you just need to go and get some um, oil, botanical oil or pyrethrum um, and spray it and they're gone. Okay, good luck. Dead uh, as. An optimistic text from Sam in Bedford. Hi, Jamie. Something's attacking my pig face. Camouflage green small ovals that become white 
kind of guppy stuff, how do we treat it? First of all, <laughs> optimistic that you've addressed it to me, <laughs> but thank you. Uh, oh. Second of all, I'll pass it on to Sabrina. Yeah. Got, got the kahuna there. Now, this is a soft bodied scale and what you have there it's called cottony cushion scale because it has that little fluffy cottony stuff on it and underneath each one of those adults will be about 150 eggs so you've got about a million eggs that are going to come out any time now now I'm just trying to see in that photo if any of them none of them have been parasitized so you probably don't have the parasitic wasp. Okay, so you can use the same treatment for the aphids. You can use a botanical oil, an organic oil, or you can use a pyrethrum. The oil works really well, but you must spray again in two weeks' time to get the next generation that will hatch. Cool. Thanks for that. I was going to say that anyway. I knew, Jamie. I knew. You know what, Charlotte? Jamie has just been coming up to the fore in your absence. He's, ah. Gardening game's been pretty strong. Yeah, all over the questions, all over them. Oh, well done, you. Mm. Thanks, mate. It's Mm. good. It's good for that you've He answered most of them incorrectly, but nevertheless, he had a good crack at them. So, gold star for trying. (laughs) Well done, Story of my life. Well (laughs) done. Let's go to Mimi in Bicton. Hi, Mimi. Good morning. Morning, Mimi. Uh, Sabrina, I've got uh, a Chinese tallow tree in my back garden. Mm -hmm. I've had it in the garden for about 20 years. Uh, It is uh, about 15 foot high. Yeah. Very, very worried about it because the the branches are dying. Ah, yes. Now... Mimi, what's happened is a lot of the Chinese tallows around Perth are suffering pretty badly. The reason is um, the the climate has changed, but also the groundwater level has dropped. So, uh, and if you're on a bore near Bicton, it yes, could also I am. okay. So you need to get your bore water tested because a lot of the water around that area has now become salty. Oh. So get your water tested for um, how much salt is in it, in your bore water. Um, And if it's salty, you're better off not using bore water at all or only using it rarely. Um, So get that tested first thing. But they're suffering all around Perth, Mimi. And the other thing is the tallow tree, if it's 20 years old, the roots could have hit sort of caprock limestone. Right. So it's too alkaline for it. Ah, it's uh, it's only about half the tree that it used to be in yeah. lushness. I yeah. mean, I've got I've got the new leaves on it. Yep, but there's an awful lot of dead stuff yeah. there. Yeah, and well, I you're... can just snap it off. Yeah, well, it's best to actually get rid of all that dead wood. Um, but I would definitely get your bore water tested. Oh, it sounds like a bigger mm. job than Mimi perhaps anticipated. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news this morning, Mimi. Thank Diana you. Diana in Kalamunda. Let's hope we have a little bit more luck with you. Hi, Diana. Hello. Hello. Um, I'm speaking to Sabrina. You are. Yes, you are, Diana. Oh, lovely to hear you anyway and all your knowledge. Uh, look, I've got, you've probably been asked this question dozens of times, but I've got um, one of these Mandeville climber um, flowers and it just looks so sick all the time. They all do. I've got quite a few. They're yellow flowering and they're falling off. Mm. Not the flowers because they're not in flower yet. Right, yeah. But all the leaves, they look really sick. I've fertilised 
you know, changed the potting, uh, uh, repotted and everything. So they're so, in pots, are they, Diana? They are in pots. Okay. Yes, they're now, quite big pots. Yeah. Now, the thing about the mandevilla, particularly the red and the pink ones, yes. uh, is that they are a tropical plant, so they really don't like the cold calamunda mornings. No, no, I realise. Um, <laughs> so you'll find that they probably come good in summer, spring and summer. Yeah. But I would start liquid fertilizing them diana okay so right. use a granular fertilizer a slow release fertilizer on the top of the pot but from this point on if you can foliage so get the um liquid fertilizer on the foliage as well as drenching the pot if you oh, do that right. every fortnight yes. from you know the lead up to summer then uh-huh. you'll get much better flowering when it comes <laughs> yes when it comes that's right yes. diana all, all right i'm um, with Thank you for that. No I'm worries. I'm very grateful to you and, and, and to your show. Thank, Thank you. you very Thank much, you Diana. Very much indeed. Lovely to hear from you. Yeah, love Diana. Um, a few texts coming through. Jennifer, uh, she says, Hey, Sabrina, our home's West property that we've been in for 20 years is earmarked for redevelopment. I love this tree on the property. It has a girth of 2.7 metres. That's Ooh, thick. That's And big. it is 15, <laughs> a little 15 metres tall. It's not that fat because it's 15 metres tall, oh, so it's okay. all in perspective. Oh, true. Is there anything I can do to save this tree? From Jennifer. Oh. It is big, isn't it? Ooh. Holy Quite a girth. Yeah. That's a big girth. Well, and tall. I can tell you now, it won't be transplanted. Um, Just too big? Yeah, there's no way you could transplant. Even Kings Park wouldn't what be able to transplant that. Could you possibly that. put that on? Yeah. Wow. Um, now, the only thing is with the redevelopment is you have to speak to the you would have to speak to the Homes West and find out who the developer is and see if it is possible to have that tree pruned so it remains where it is. Right. In my experience, in the suburb I live in, there's a lot of um, state housing. Well, they were state housing um, and they were Homes West and now they're something else. Uh, in my experience on those properties, they come through and they take out every single piece of living green plant matter and just strip it bare because where there was one house or two houses, there are now going to be 10 units. Yeah. So I don't like your chances. The only thing that, that people can do is actually pressure developers, public housing and builders and say, do you realise the value? The value of that tree, because it's a large shade tree, the value of that tree to a property is enormous. It's immense. How old would it be? I know that's a tough question It's probably to ask, but... only 60 years old. Okay. So it'd probably be around, yeah, 50, 60 years old. But um, we need trees. And where you have – where you've got a block where there was one or two dwellings and now there's ten – you need to make that livable. And the more we do this and just wipe out trees, particularly like this tree, a lovely mature tree, that gives so much back to the neighbourhood, um, unless we stop this from happening, we're just, we'll keep on creating hot boxes. Yeah. Okay. Good luck, Jennifer. Not going to be able to transport it, but you nah. might be able to save it in some way, shape or form uh, in that area. Uh, just another one here. 
Sab from Nina who says that we have a problem with our veggie patch in Baker's Hill. Mm-hmm. Something's causing the leaves on silver beet, parsley, eggplant, spinach, all the good stuff to lose their colour and wilt. Uh, even the weeds don't look well. That's not good a sign. Uh, a lot okay. of other things, though, are unaffected. So the veggie patch is divided in two. We've got some chooks in the other half and we swap it over yep. every 12 to 18 months. Also noticed a lot of uh, black tiny bugs so small that they look like dirt until they just jump around and move. Oh, yeah. um, not keen on poisons, anything we can do. So there's a problem in the soil. So okay. when the leaves, when you've got all different vegetables going yellow and wilting, uh, it's usually a fungal disease, but it could be in the actual soil. I would take everything out, just destroy all the, the veggies that are in there now, go and get yourself... Uh, a bucket of soil microbes. You buy them in little tiny like M&M peanut buckets, except they're not that colour. But get those microbes in there because if it's a nasty fungus, the beneficial fungus and the beneficial bacteria will actually attack the fungus. And so put that in, leave it dormant for a month and then replant. Beauty. Janice is in Denmark. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, and Sabrina, I love, love, love your show. Oh, wonderful. thank you, Janice. Well, I am. I have my wonderful, wonderful co-hosts here. Sidekicks, that, reliable, yeah, that trusted. make it. <laughs> well, you Turn help, up every week. You help so many people every Saturday, and I love it. Oh, thank you, Janice. Um, my daughter has a, a new property in Albany, um, and it's. Uh, full of onion weed. We never realised at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's having enormous problems. She's yep. got gardens that she's completely taken everything out. So yep. the garden beds are actually bare at the moment. Yep. Um, this onion weed, she's tried different things and nothing seems to be working and more seems to be coming up. Yeah. She wants to get planting. What can she do? Oh, God, onion weed is such a sod to get rid of. Yeah. Um, and everyone that I've spoken to that's tried various um, selective herbicides, it hasn't worked. Yep. Some people have used um, singer, um, a sewing machine oil that oh. you dribble down the down the the very uh, centre of the onion weed. But if you've got like massive patches of it, that's not going to work. The only thing she can do, there's two things. You can actually cover it with clear plastic and solarise it in summer. So you lay clear plastic over the area where the onion weed is and you leave it on all summer long. Right. Um, The other thing you can do is to keep cutting it, get scissors and you cut it. So what happens is eventually that starves the bulb so it can't make any food for itself and the bulb rots. Right. But both of those things are long-term. Yeah. I I did say to her I think this is just going to be ongoing. Yeah, it will, unfortunately, Janice. Can she plant... and that, that's a problem. She wants to plant. Yes, of course. So, um, well, she can't solarise then, but she can plant and go out and snip with scissors. And as soon as you see the onion weed shooting, you go and snip with the scissors. Okay. Thank you very much, Janice. I um, hope that helps. Yes, yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciated. Lovely to hear from you. Thank you. Let's jump over to Gary in Boyup Brook. Hi, Gary. Hello. Hello, Hello Gary. Um. Just a question on uh, two months ago, I did some cuttings off a pomegranate tree. Yeah. I put them in beer bottles and put them in the laundry. 
about four weeks ago, they started uh, producing leaves, but I'm yeah. still not getting any root. Right. And um, when you put them in the beer bottles, did it just have water in it, Gary? Yes. Okay. You're probably better off... Um, well, certainly carry on and drink the contents of the beer because that's quite the, the bottle. That's important. Yeah, do not waste. Yep, do not waste. You're probably better off putting those cuttings in a soil blend because hardwood cuttings don't form roots very well in water. They tend to rot. So you have to actually put the cuttings in soil or potting mix. Okay, thank you. No worries, Gary. Thank you very much, Gary. Good luck with that. Shall we pause and do this? It is that time again. It is. Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick, pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What you got for us today, Sab? Got a little bit of the old travelling Wilburys today. There's quite a few members in there that people will know, will have heard of. They're pretty famous. <laughs> uh, they wrote some bloody good songs, though. They only, they're only together for a couple of years. By the jingo, they pumped the fair bit of stuff out. It's good fun, easily listening, great to garden too. Let's do it. Next to mine and dream. 
Good one, Sab. The Travelling Wilburys. <laughs> There's a few voices there people would have recognised. The Big O. The Big O. Roy Orbison. My sister had such a crush on Roy Orbison. That's what they call him, Charlotte. Okay. The Big O. That was his yeah, nickname. Yeah, the Big O. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Good. Mm. Yep. <laughs> he looked at me. He gave me the face. I didn't give you a face. <laughs> yep. I very much enjoyed the track. I hope you all did too. Graham in Bedfordale. Did you like that one? Yes, I did. Good. Oh, he's Champion, enthusiastic. Graham. I love it. <laughs> What can we do for you this morning, Graeme? In my lawn, I've got this uh, clover. It's a reddy-coloured clover, very flat. Yep. It's going like a bugger all over the place. And yep. I haven't got an eradication for it yet. There is a... There is a um, what sort of lawn have you got? Um, it's uh, Sir Walter. Okay. Right. <laughs> Makes it a little bit trickier. There is a clover killer for so what for all the buffalo lawns. So um, it's a selective one. I don't find it very effective. So what I do is I put sulfate of ammonia, which is high release nitrogen, on damp clover in the morning, and it burns it. Thank you very much. Yeah, because the clover has nitrogen-fixing nodules. Well, it does if you have rhizobia in the soil, but that's another story. Um, so try that, Graham. Mm. So sulfate, mix it up as a paste and put it on? Or? No, no, no. You buy it in a granular form and you just sprinkle a few few grains on the, on the clover itself and it overdoses it on nitrogen. Very good. Thank you very much. Great. No worries. Thank you very much, Graham. Dennis is in Bull Creek. Hi, Dennis. Hi, Sabrina. Hello, Dennis. Um, we came along to your talk yesterday afternoon down in O'Connor. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Ah, oh, splendid. Did... Yeah, it was really good. Excellent. Um, we had a couple of questions for you, but you're a busy girl. You're in such demand that we didn't oh. get a chance to talk to you. Oh, you know how it is. No, nah, she was just <laughs> ignoring you. She was talking about it before she came oh, on this morning. Yeah. Oh, I'm accustomed to that. <laughs> um, we, we have a mole cricket problem in our lawns. We've got Queensland blue at the front and Palmetto in the back, and it's just destroyed virtually both of them. There, there's lots of them out there. Yeah. There are a dozen or so mounds of earth. Um, every morning, well, not quite every morning, and there's sound, the noise you get about dusk um, sound like frogs, but I know they're not. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Now, we've been told by a guy in the Department of Ag to use fipronil, fipronil mm-hmm. but um, trying to get hold of that is a bit difficult unless you go and buy a litre that costs $300. Gee whiz. Uh, now, you're in Bull Creek, Dennis. Mm-hmm. Um, what I am going to do is I'm going to put give you back to our lovely producers there, put you on hold, get your phone number, and I'll tell you where you can get Fipronol in much smaller quantities than that, uh, that are much cheaper and they're down the road from you. Oh, excellent. So um, now they, it depends. Uh, so if you've got heaps and heaps of them, that yeah. will work. Um, if you've got, if there's, there is an organic, uh, grub killer, but it's not going to work on mole crickets because they're not really a grub. Um, I feel sorry for mole crickets because they're the ugliest looking insect on the planet, I reckon. They're not attractive, are they? No, they're not good looking. No. Uh, So if you stay on the line, Dennis, we'll get your number and I'll give you a buzz after the show. 
Stay there, Dennis. Thank you very much for your call this morning. Claire. Claire has given us a ring. Hello to you, Claire. Hello. Where Hello, are, Whereabouts in this fine state do we find you today? Now, I'm in Brusselton. Lovely. And I've sent you a picture of a, a plant. This, uh, it was grown from seed. It was supposed to be blood orange, but obviously it's not. Oh, that, is... That's so far removed from a blood orange. I, I <laughs> I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I reckon you've got a weed that's growing quite well there. Well, there's a whole, you know, actually it was my son that grew them and he's got about 15 pots of it, uh, you know, transplanted out into big pots yeah. and growing vigorously. Mm. <laughs> well, um... I've no idea where he got the seed from, but anyway... <laughs> There it is. It kind of looks like a weed. It's a bit hard to identify unless it flowers. Does it? Do you know if it flowers? It hasn't as yet. They're, they're only um, about uh, four months old, I suppose. Right. From seed. I'm hmm. a bit suspicious that it's a weed. It's yes. definitely, definitely not, not a, a blood, blood orange. orange. No. Yes. Yes. So. But- if it flowers, Claire, can you if you send a photo of it when it flowers, I'll probably be able to ID it. Okay, okay. Well, I'll um, I'll nurture it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nurture that weed, Claire. We'll we'll see where we end up. Thank you very okay. much. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thank Claire. How about Deborah? Hello, Deborah. How are you going? Hello. I'm well, thank you. Good. Sabrina's uh, here. Just... She's all ears. Okay, I was just wondering, we've just bought a property in Cable um, and it's got septic tanks. Yep. Can a Japanese maple tree go anywhere near it? God, I'd love it. Love it. But will the septic tanks love it? Uh, look, the the Japanese maple, if you get the smaller ones, it's not going to be a problem, Deborah. Don't plant it right over the top of the septic tank, though. So what's the distance? So you'd want it, uh, I reckon, a good three metres away from the septic tank. Yeah, we're just trying to find something that will kind of hide it a little bit. Yeah. Um, At the moment, there's a massive big fig tree on it. Does that definitely need to go? Is it a fruiting fig? A fruiting fig, Oh, God. That'll well and truly be into it. Yes, I thought Mm. so. Okay. Thank you very much. Sorry, Deborah. Thank you very much, Deborah. Sorry, Deb. Uh, question here from uh, Sally, who's in York, uh, who says she's got a, a bit of an issue with some asparagus. She's picking some lovely spears, but she's wondering what to do with the skinny spears that run up to seed. Do I leave them? Do I cut them off? What do I do? Leave them. Oh, leave them. So if you've got the skinny mini ones yeah. that that turn into, so they'll seed and turn into a fern. Yep. They're actually they're not worth picking. Yep. But they will be making food that will be sent back down to the crown. So you let them go to fern. You don't prune them off. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, Another one here from CT who's in Denmark. Uh, Hello, gang. Have grown an avocado by seed. It was a Hass or Haas. What do you say? Yeah, Haas. Haas, thought so. Uh, Only three and a half. if you fancy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you're posh. It tastes a little bit better if it's a Haas. It goes on to say that it's three and a half years old and quite big. Told it would take seven to ten years to flower, but it's already flowering. Is this good or not? Yeah, no, that is good. Now, avocados will flower when they're quite young, but fruiting is an entirely different matter. Right. So it, 
they will all flower. Some of them flower within the first year, but they may not develop fruit for anything from 7 to 15 years. And it depends very much on where there's another pollinator, so where there's another hearth tree or a fuerte mm. or a reed. <laughs> We're going to do the whole program with our Western Suburbs accent. Terribly posh. Um, I can't even do one. (laughs) So, look, I would... It will definitely flower. All those flowers will fall off. You will not get fruit, I can guarantee you. You're not going to get fruit this year. But if someone's got an avocado nearby, then you may get fruit within the first five years. Jeez, it's such a long lead time. That must be tough for producers and people who are initially... Getting into avocados? No, because they all, all producers get grafted avocados, uh, and they're all planted in you know in a in a those, block. Those so rows. there's heaps of pollinators there. Okay. Mm. Gary in Rockingham and Pauline in Dawesville, if you can just hold tight for a second, because I want to talk briefly about birds and cockies in particular. They're one of those birds you can never mistake the sound of a mob of them flying above you. And if you're in the city, you're probably seeing some large numbers of black cockatoos. They're on the endangered list, but there are so many around in the city, you might not believe they're threatened, but they are being forced to move house and learning to eat a new diet and live in the city. And we're joined on the line by Cathy Dewhurst from Karakan Black Cockatoo Conservation Centre. Hello to you, Cathy. Hi, how are you going? We're going really well. Now, your centre isn't ordinarily open to the public, but you're going to have an open day next weekend. What's that about? That's great. We've got a tour weekend where people can actually come up and learn about the black cockatoos and take it. We're on 41 acres, so we're on a big property, and take a wander through and have a look at all the work we're doing with the birds. Why, why are there so many of the birds living in the city? Well, their corridors and their food sources in the country is depleting quite rapidly with the expan- with us, ex- you know, the expansion of humans, which is something we have to do. But um, they're unable to get back out to their normal sites because they're a migratory bird. So they come into the city coastal plains, and then um, with land clearing, they're unable to get back out. There's not enough food source for them. So, Kathy, it's not just the food source, is it? It's uh don't they need they need an area where they can not only feed but also nest? And that's, yeah, that's correct. They go into the normally into the wheat belt area for nesting, mm. and they need a sufficient food source around that um, nest that they select within ten k's to actually be able to sustain themselves plus their babies. Mm. I have noticed that they um, the black cockatoos have been going towards the Cape lilac trees and eating the fruit off that in the over the last few years. They've very much learned to get quite a taste, especially the red tails. They absolutely love the Cape lilac. Mm. Um, we're hoping it's you know it, it's sustaining them now, which is great. But we're just hoping that long term, it's not going to have any um, dietary deficiencies for them. Well, they certainly, uh, they very much enjoy my almond tree, I have to tell you, Cathy. <laughs> they love those. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we, we limit our birds that we have on site and they're only allowed one almond a day because they are very high fat content. Ah, oh, okay. Well, yeah. The, yeah, the cockies that come to my garden, then it fly out fat. <laughs> well, that's good. The chubby cockatoos around your place, Sabrina. <laughs> well, actually, that's why I put the almond tree in. Yeah. 
attractive. Yeah, they do love it. Mm. Kathy, you've got um, an open day next Saturday if people want to learn a little bit more about these beautiful birds. Can you just give us some more details about that? Do people need to book? Yes, they do. Um, we take bookings. If you go to our website, um, you can either type in Carrigan or go to blackcockatoorecovery.com and all the details are there. We do do bookings because we're a rehabilitation centre. We don't allow people to wander around mm-hmm. all the aviaries. You know, a lot of the birds, we don't want to have human contact, so it's not as though you can just wander through. So then we set up with a big education area in the bottom restaurant area where people come in and we have um, teas and coffees and um, positive sizzle and the education displays, and then we do run the tours up through the centre. And a couple of almonds. Uh, Cathy, just serious question last. Yes. Can you give us your best cockatoo impersonation? Oh, oh dear. Go on, you hear yes. it all day. <laughs> Thought you'd be best placed. Maybe just to, to kind of finish really that way, not. just to, to get us into the, the mood and the feel of this beautiful, majestic um, bird. Well, the um, carnivores and bordens sound really nice and melodious, but I don't. The red tails, which are the more... Um, Stop trying to talk cry. your way out of it, Cathy. <laughs> well, Come I'll, on. I'll go for the red tails because it's more harsh and easier to do. And all it's right. more of a... <laughs> That's about all I can do. Good job. Well I knew, done. Cathy, if you weren't going to do it, Sabrina would. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sabrina, go for it. Oh, no, 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 no. Someone tell no, a I'll, joke, we'll hear it. I'll blow, I'll, I'll blow everyone's eardrums out, I think, Cathy. If I, just, just before you go, just quickly, how long does it take to rehabilitate the birds before you let them out in the wild or you don't? We, it can take us anywhere from two months to a couple of years, depending on the age of the bird when it comes in and its injuries. So, mm. I mean, at the moment, we have over 200 on site working wow. in our care. Um, so the numbers, yeah, the length of time can be quite um, variable. Mm. Yeah. We also have our Wildlife Australia who work from there. So we've got dingoes on site. And this year, we've actually got some baby dingoes they can people can get up close and interact with, as well mm. as baby emus. Aww. Aww. Baby emus yeah. taste so delicious. Oh, Sabrina. <laughs> that is so horrible. <laughs> Kathy, thank you so much. We're going we're gonna to have to leave it there because otherwise Sabrina's going to undo all your good work. That is on next weekend if you want to learn a little bit more about the black cockatoo that's at the Karakan Black Cockatoo Conservation Centre. Let's get to some more calls, shall we, before Sabrina offends anybody else? <laughs> Eats the rest of the menu. No more. Chat. No more emus listening. They've tuned out. <laughs> no, they're baby emus. They're beautiful to look at. Aren't they, they are indeed. Yeah. So is Gary in Rockingham. Hello. Oh. Gary. Well, that's an assumption. Yeah. Hitting on you there, Gary. Good, that's a turn up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been patiently waiting for so long. I feel like you deserve it. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> What's going on out your way? Uh, just two quick questions, if I could, please. Um, when's the best time to cut back a lemon tree? When you've got and, time. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, what time, yeah? Yeah, well, whenever you've got time, Gary. You, the only time you can't prune a lemon tree, if you've got something like a eureka, they fruit all year round. Yep. So it doesn't matter when you're going to prune, they'll be in flower and in fruit. So the only time you don't prune is from November through to March. November to March. Don't, don't prune then. But apart okay. from that, go for it whenever you've got time and a saw in your hand. Beautiful. And Not a saw other, hand, quick... but a saw in your hand. <laughs> and the other quick one, please, Sabrina, is uh, I've got a couple of young mandarin trees in half wine barrels Yeah. at the moment, and they're losing their leaves and quite a bit of the um, the flower off of them at the moment. Do you, any idea what would cause that? 
Well, mandarins will drop at least 80% of their flowers. That's quite normal. You only get yep. about, you know, 13 to 15% that turn into fruit. Yep. Um, now, with anything that's in a container, it is vitally important that the container is up off the ground and the soil drains through. Yeah, it, I, it, it is draining through. Yep. The other thing that can happen is the lower 10 centimetres of the soil gets really sodden. Yep. So it, you may need to cut back on the watering or it's that the water isn't penetrating throughout the whole pot. So okay. you So if it's wilting before it drops, then that's a water shortage. But if it's... Curling underwards and then dropping, that's too much water. Too much water? Yeah. Uh, okay, then. Fine so balance. I'll, I'll have to have a play with it then. Stick your finger in and yep. see what uh, whether it's, you know, there's moisture there or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see what so happens. It definitely wouldn't be not enough water. Right, okay. Sounds to me like you're overwatering. Yeah, okay, then. Good Thank luck you with very that, much. Gary. No worries, Gary. Thank you very much. It's a great tool to have. Fingers, yeah, and you oh, yeah. shove it in. I, I crushed a whole pile of scale with my fingers this morning. Beautiful. Cool. Yeah. Are so happy about fun. that? Anything yeah. else? Well, I was. Satisfied? <laughs> I was satisfied. Very much so. Mm. Pauline indoors. Hello, Pauline. <laughs> it's great to be back, isn't it, yeah. Charlotte? Oh, God, I've missed it. <laughs> Highbrow. <laughs> Pauline, please help us out here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Sabrina. How are you? Very well, Pauline. Well, you talk about the birds getting fat in your garden. Mm. I think the millipedes are getting fat on my strawberries. Ah. I've just been out and they picked the biggest strawberries mm. and I've just got six out of one strawberry. And how, what can I put down to kill them? Diatomaceous <laughs> earth. Clematious. Earth. No, diatomaceous earth. Dia, oh, diatomaceous earth, yep. right. Uh, so now what you have to do, Pauline, is you've got to put the diatomaceous earth around the base of the yeah. strawberries. Do not put it on the flower right? because it will kill bees. Right. So what happens is the millipedes will crawl over it. It gets underneath their legs and the, on the on the stomach and then it kind of rips them to shreds. Right. And it'll do so, the same for slaters. Right. Because they're, oh, it's annoying. It's annoying. Yeah, <laughs> I know. choose the biggest, fattest strawberry. <laughs> and millipedes come in their thousands, unfortunately. Oh, I'm not kidding. Just after this rain we've had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're smarter okay. than we think. Thanks, Pauline. Okay, thank you. Have Bye. a great day. Good stuff. Keith uh, sent a text, 0437922720. couple of questions for Keithy. He is in sandy soil in Kandanara. Can you please tell me a fertiliser to use for palms and also something that would be good for my mangoes? Okay, so palms need uh, a lot of nitrogen. Right. So you're going to have to get a, um, a fertiliser that you can actually get palm fertiliser, but you just need a fertiliser that's got at least 10% nitrogen 10%, in it. 10%, okay. With the mango tree, you need a mineralised based slow-release fertiliser that's got uh, high levels of potassium. 
Uh-huh. Not so much the nitrogen, but you need... So the same sort of stuff that you would use for any fruit tree or tomatoes. Right. Okay. Good stuff. Thank you. Uh, Trisha has a question. She wants you to recommend a small canopy tree for a planter box that's two by two metres. Uh, need some shade from the canopy to be able to set down... To see down the street past the trunk. I don't understand what that means. Oh, so she wants a canopy tree where she can still see through the trunk of the tree. There you go. I would say. So um, uh, you could have uh, the Judas tree, which is Circus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't. Don't, don't turn your back. <laughs> don't turn your back on it. But that's a beautiful little tree that works well. You That's deciduous. If you want an evergreen, you could have the Irish strawberry tree. Okay. Arbutus. That's a sweet little tree. Or if you wanted a gum tree, you could have the um, dwarf sugar gum, which beautiful. is a lovely little canopy tree. A few little options there. I'd go mm. with the Judas. Uh, just one from Phil in uh, Mount Lawley who says, would you allow an African violet to take over the ground level of a garden bed with uh, strong and mature gardenias and camellias? Yeah, no worries. But there's no way an African violet would take over that entire no. area. No, I think he's got the violets mixed up. I think it's another violet. Okay. But that's no problem. You can let the violets roam wherever they want. Let it do its thing. Yep. Beauty. Five minutes to the top of the clock so we can sneak in a couple of extra calls. Let's go to Margaret in Denmark. Hello, Margaret. Uh, Hi. Hello, Margaret. I've got a question. I think it's probably a new salvia that my friend just bought the other day, microfilla, but it's called Margaret Arnold. Oh. Now, I'm trying to find out who Margaret Arnold is. Right. Because I was Margaret Arnold when I was, uh, oh. was going to say a virgin. Sorry, I mean, oh, right, yes. I mean, I made it. I made Do you want to tell us a little bit more about your life story there, Margaret? Uh, <laughs> okay, I've got low blood sugar and when it drops a bit, I get all fuzzy. <laughs> Would that be Margaret? Oh, would it ever? <laughs> and the funny thing is, when I die, I'm getting a headstone already. That's another story oh, at Terracotta. And I'm going to have Arnold on it. I'm going to have my maiden name, and oh, I don't cool. want all my married names on it. No, you, know? you don't want any. You want all the fun stuff on your headstone, yeah, Margaret. Yeah, I know. And you, I thought, gee, that's that's amazing. You, you know, should get a done now. Yeah, get on. Get the Margaret Arnold salvia engraved on your headstone as well. Oh, I've got that much <clears> stuff going on now. It sounds to me. Some of my son's ashes going in with me. Oh, okay. So, yeah. a few things, and I thought, don't want to look like a junkyard. You know, <laughs> I've got photos, and, you know, maybe I'll have angels and maybe car for me. Oh, Margaret, that's <laughs> hilarious. Now, the um, most of the salvias are bred in South Australia and are developed in South Australia. Well, that's what I've tried the nurseries over there, and no one can tell me. Now, what you have to do is you've got to go into Google and you've yeah, got to look. You have? Yeah. Oh. Okay. And I a couple of because my friend said I had Norwood on the label. I thought Norwood South Australia, but that was the label people, Norwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I rang Bunnings in Albany the other day. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. No, you'd... but they, they, they reckon there's a bloke in um, Perth that's growing it, a supplier in Perth, but they can't give me the name because of the, you know, Privacy Act and all that. Okay. Um, you leave it to me, Margaret. I will find out. Uh... 
who's doing that particular salvia. And it may be just a small grower and it's yeah. only, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it's a perennial one that grows up to one and a half metres. Beautiful. And what yeah. colour What colour and, are and you, they Margaret? Call it hot pink. Hot Ooh. pink. Yeah, yeah. Get out I'd of like town. Because the salvias do really good here too. Yeah, I love know. salvias. Yeah. They're yeah, fantastic. But... Well, I'll do a bit of homework for you, Margaret. Margaret, we should we put Margaret on hold and get a number? And if yeah, yeah, yeah. Out and I'll find out. Yep. Margaret, stand by and either Kate or Trixie will pick up and have a chat to you. Beauty. We're nearly at the top of the clock. Jamie, you want to squeeze in? A few texts to finish? Yeah. Yeah, there's a few to get through. Uh, this is from Jill who says, I've been given uh, clematis. Yes. Very good. Did I do well there? <laughs> it's clearly not what I think Nailed it is. Nailed it. Uh, which, because she goes <laughs> huh? on to say, I love it. Oh. Yes. And hope not to kill it. Yes. Can you give me some advice on best positioning and care? It's uh, in a pot at the moment. Okay. I would probably keep it in a pot. But if you put it in the ground, you need to get compost manure into the ground. They must have their feet in the shade okay. and their head in the sun because they won't flower unless the top of the creeper Gets sunlight. Sounds like a good place to be. They're quite like... Head in the sun. Yeah, absolutely. They like alkaline soil. Okay. Uh, Sabrina, I've got a young one and a half metre camellia japonica. Yeah. Yes, two from two, baby. Uh, It's in a pot. I want to grow it as a small tree. The shape is how I like it with the trunk and a couple of branches. The trunk is growing much faster, though, than the branches. It's finished flowering. Is now the right time to trim the trunk to the proportion I want? Most definitely. So the time is now? The time is now. Goes on time. Time is now. I goes on to ask <laughs> about the next word I wanted to say was time and then I got caught up. When's the best time to transplant it as well? Oh, I would be transplanting it now. So prune it first, dig it up, transplant it. Fantastic. Oh, Jamie, you're getting just so green. How was that? Two from two just mm-hmm. with... Uh, the no, pronunciation. You just got to work on your confidence, I think. A little bit. go into those pronunciations <laughs> and you just commit. Yeah. It's like when I'm news reading on mm-hmm. the telly, the number of times you come across, usually in tennis season. Oh, it's the worst, oh. isn't it? And on an auto cue, it really throws you. But I just figure, you know, say it with confidence <laughs> and um, those who know the name will be able to call you out very quickly, but those who don't will be none the wiser. Yeah, wouldn't good, have a clue. Good advice. Hey, just before we wrap up, because it is getting very close to 10 o'clock, um, just congratulations to you. You, Shah, with, you know, a number of nominations with the WA oh, Media Awards stop. coming thank through the other day. I think it was more than four, four or five or something. Oh, wow. But for, um, but thank I think you. the great and very important work you did um, with David Goodall and you can check those stories out online as well. But congratulations to thank you, mate. Thank you. That's well done. Strange. Thank you. And thank you very much, Sabrina. It's been really nice to have the band back together this Saturday. We'll do it all again next week. Can't Let's wait. Do. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week, 10 o'clock.